0: That's the of I know yeah. uh, right. right. uh, exactly. Yeah. This is new yeah. No, I don't know. Go uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Because of that, you're moving. When you're in deep sleep, you're not moving. Is that taking it also? That doesn't take That's just a clock. Yeah, <coughs> We're going through eight characteristics, but eight changes that the uh, that the Bochum go through from that period, transitioning from being children to being adolescents, moving on to adulthood. And we're up to the fifth one. Very quickly, the fifth change is... I guess in, in English would be, in one word would be extremism. Extremism in Hebrew ada koteh, That means that since the teva of the child at this time in his life is filled with of cook calls in the iris, he has a loshen chukas a a longing, a craving for for chofesh. That doesn't mean vacation like in Israel. Chukas well. means for freedom. Chukas Achayvish. Rav Kook speaks about it in the positive context. And Hu. You don't have it in front of you. Just listen carefully to the words. What does it mean? This Chukas Achayvish, a longing to be free. Now we live in America, Baruch Hashem, and. Uh, we're free. And thank God, it's not anything that our grandparents, and uh, great-grandparents, would have ever taken for granted. We're, we're fortunate. But this is something else. Shukas Achofesh, Rav Kook describes as, Ha'odam yakir lo lichyos Berucho pnima There's a tremendous longing that's natural and healthy human being. To be able to live Lichyos Berucho, to live according to his Ruach. Lichyos Berucho Pnima Ka'asher Hu, who he is. Lichyos Berucho, according to his own Ruach, Pnima, his inner Ruach, Ka'asher Hu, Kvichayfet Hateva Ha'abir Shalnishmosa hachay. according to the powerful nature of his living soul, a person has a tremendous Chukas Achayfesh. Chukas Achayfesh. And because of this this chukas achayfesh, young men in particular, again, with girls it's much, much less, but young men in particular will experiment with very extreme things. It could be sometimes dangerous in terms of uh, substances, drinking. Um, whatever it might be, the point is that they want to feel alive and they want to feel that they have a achreyas over their own lives and in order to do that they will often push things mamish to the limit and some of these things can be completely irrational and even, God forbid, dangerous and the overall conviction that the child has is that I can, I'm old enough and I'm able to they don't really understand what this is about but it's exactly what Rav Cook is describing a longing to be free of being told what to do, and therefore the Teva is to go the other way, mamish, to go to the other extreme <coughs> you know, positive of course this is, these all of these changes when they 're under control, and as they mature they 're very, very positive things. if Cook is speaking about <speaking> according to the, according to the powerful longing of the of a living soul, the problem is that the boys are are oftentimes not listening to the sound of their neshama. They just feel this need to experiment, to experience, to be alive, to have this chofesh, to be free of anything that's holding them back. And when the pyramids get in the way of any of this, it causes all ki- kinds of dis- disagreements and all types of sibuchim, complications and so on. Again, okay, I'm going to come back to all of these in the context of of Ebris uh, specifically. That's five, six. <laughs> In Loshna Kaidish, erratic erratic matzav ruach, the matzav ruach uh, of boys at this age is extremely unpredictable. Very, very erratic. um, Because of what the child is going through physically and emotionally and the extreme changes that are taking place that he doesn't understand. So one day... The kid will be Batakhlas haSimcha. He's like in a great mood. The kid's in an unbelievable great mood. And and the next day, or it could be the same day, suddenly he's b'tachlis ha he's, he's unbelievably sad, and he's depressed, and he can't explain. He can't explain. He doesn't want to explain to his parents, and he can't explain to himself. One minute he's filled with tremendous energy and excitement. The next minute he's, he's weak. He has no kachas. One minute he's playing with, the, with his younger siblings and having a great time, and he seems to really be enjoying it and involved with the family. And then, and then, the, and then the next minute, he, he wouldn't look at one of the kids. He would have nothing to do with any of the kids, he doesn't have a shaykhist to any of the kids, and he wants to go lifnaiv elifnim. <laughs> lifnaiv elifnim does not mean in the Kosh He's in his bedroom, and to just be away and to be apart, not to have any shaykhist to anybody in the family. And this changes rotzavishayv. Back and forth, running and returning is totally unpredictable. That's the teva, social and antisocial. It could be in within the, within an hour. There could be changes of this hour by hour, minute by minute. These things change. Seven. Boys at this age are, for the most part, again, all of these are types, uh, and sometimes they go through this. They're they're obviously they're boys that are different than this. But there's a general tendency among young men at this age to be extremely uh, self-possessed, obsessed obsessed with themselves, to be often out of touch with what's going on in the rest of the family or or the rest of the world, makes really no effort to uh, put on a pleasant face or to be uh, able to get along with people, to try to be... uh, very little effort is put into that at times <clears throat> seems to be apathetic an overall sense of apathy to the parents to what's going on, to grandparents, to family now this is interpreted as being uh, the parents see this as being a problem that he has with his ego that he doesn't care about anybody else the kids are that's not it that's not what it is but it's very hard to love a kid like that. Uh, you see certain narcissistic tendencies in a child, and he seems to be completely um, concerned with only himself, and not anybody else. And parents will, don't you care? Doesn't this mean anything to you? And the answer is no. It doesn't mean anything to him. The only thing that means anything to him is himself. And and the parents don't understand that, and, and, uh, and it causes a tremendous amount of friction. And the eighth and final one, and the most interesting one, which is what we're going to be talking about a lot, of course, in, in the context of uh, the sugi of Yosef and, Tzaddik, and what we're dealing with is a newly found fascination with yes. girls. With girls. A, a, a fascination with a fascination with the opposite sex. Um, that, I don't think that requires any explanation. We're going to be dealing with that. We'll be talking about that a lot. It causes a tremendous amount of confusion. Anybody who thinks that the kid is not uh, interested in that, and is not uh, not just interested, but is not uh, consumed with thoughts about that, or uh, is totally fine when he's with his cousins with his uh, 15, 16 year old cousins, and there's nothing that's going on. you're, you're as delusional as the kid is. He's, uh, we'll talk a lot about that in this show. Now, writer, so we've gone over very, very briefly um, eight changes that uh, that the that the boy goes through becoming a young man. Let's try now a little bit to now climb into the head of the kid. Let's try to climb into the head of the kid. We've been just talking about this in a very cold, distant way, almost in a, in, in, almost in a uh, scientific way, uh, about <laughs> let's talk now a little bit Mitzah, the child, if we can climb into the kid's head and what the kid is thinking. So imagine... A typical boy at this time of life, Vizel the Let's just imagine. I don't know what's going on. This is the kid talking. I don't understand these changes that are happening inside of me. I know that I'm... I know there are things that are changing in me. I know that I'm interested in... in, and thinking about things, especially... uh, Here you could fill in, plonis, plat plonis. I have on my mind these thoughts that I never had really before. I know that I am choking. I feel that I'm constantly holding myself back. Right. So there's a chiddush of art for and other tzaddikim that I've told you in the past. When it says in pasuk, Yosef now that's talking about when Yosef had tzaddik, couldn't hold himself back because he was he, he wanted to he wanted to say I'm the Yosef. He wanted to let his family know that it's me. But the tzaddikim say when a person feels he's not able to hold back means continue holding back and that's all the kid feels he feels I can't, I'm suffocating I can't there's something inside of me and I feel like I'm choking and 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 all he hears is you just have to keep on holding back something he doesn't even know exactly what it is that he's holding back but he knows that he has to hold back one day, the kid is inside of his head saying, one day, I don't know what's wrong with me. One day, I'm, I'm happy. Just like we were talking about before. One day, I'm happy. One day, I'm sad. I don't know what's going on. But one thing I'm certain of is that my parents don't understand either. My parents don't understand. In the past, when something bothered me, I felt I could talk to them. I don't feel that they would understand this. I don't know how to explain this. I don't understand this. And even my chaverim don't know. I'm different. They're not going through what I'm going through. Of course, the boys don't discuss this with each other. And I'm going through something, and I'm Push it alone. It's an t- unbelievable I mentioned I would talk about this this week. An, un- an unbelievable feeling of loneliness that a typical teenage boy feels from an earlier age than ever before, a loneliness. The fact that he seems to be mu'urab and abrias, and he's smiling sometimes and happy and comes along the family trip and so on, sits so at the Shabbos table and will sing a song or two. There's generally an unbelievable sense of, of, of loneliness. Um, even though they're surrounded with the chavayim, as we spoke about last week, that's one of the things that we discussed—that they that they, are, that they uh, are very very much preoccupied with friends. The the cause for this loneliness—all of these are causes—but especially when it comes to a to a from boy, and especially if the if the family is very very uh, is very medactic in in the child's level of shemirah zemitzus. There is one word that the boy hears throughout all of this shiurim that he's going to, all of the shmuzen that he's hearing, the Sikhs, all of the speeches and the lectures that he's hearing from his father and his mother. Every single thing, really, all he hears is one word. You can say it in Lashon HaKadosh, you can say it in English. He hears one word. What do you think the word is? Aser. Aser. That's all he hears. The kid hears one word, and, and the parents are baffled. They say, look, we had this whole beautiful drush about, you know, from Absham Hirsch, and, and it was this, like, beautiful, moving thing about Jewish history and about life and the importance of so-and-so, and all the kid heard is the uh, No matter what you say, it makes no difference. The kid hears one word, that's Aser, because the chukas that he doesn't know what to do with this longing to be free, to do what he wants. All he knows is that when his father walks into the room, Especially if his father has a beard, and when his rebbe walks into the room, and he looks, the rebbe looks also very religious. Just without the father saying a word, without the rebbe saying a word, he's got like usser written all over his face. <laughs> the father doesn't even have face or a body anymore. He's just a walking issa. He just looks like usher. That's all it is. And the rebbe walks into the room. All the kids thinking is, we're going to hear more things that are usher today. That's all the kids hearing. That's all. The, that's all the boys are hearing. Now they know that they know that all they're being told is Yosef l'his'apbeg Yosef l'his'apbeg that they just have to hold back hold back and you have to continue on they feel they feel for the first time in their lives that their body is beginning to talk and say very very weird things to them they're seeing physically things that are happening to them when they're in certain places and have certain thoughts they're very, very curious about this. They're filled with hislavas, with a fire, with some new energy that they never had before. They don't know what to do with any of these kachas. And every pusik that they're learning in, in yeshiva, what makes no difference if the pasik says, Braces, bro, or the pasach says, yisrael. Mm-hmm. It makes no difference what the Pasik is. The Pasik is just saying, hold back. The Pasik is saying, don't do it. You can't do it. That's every single pasuk, every single halacha they're learning. Makes no difference. They're Whatever they're learning, whatever they're seeing, it makes no difference. It just is saying to them: they're hearing, they're hearing, and they're taking out from everything, every every gesture of the rebbe, of the parent, and every little every little uh, s- sense of the parent getting nervous or worried or rebbe. All they're hearing is, lahavsiq, stop, lahagbil. Hold it in. L'tzamtzeim. same To be same To hold back, not to give in to what you're feeling. Not to allow your natural, physical um, needs to, to move forward in the world. Not to allow your chukas, a to be express, expressed. Even if the Rabbi is not talking at all about girls, never gave one talk about girls, and the parents don't talk about girls, they know and all they're hearing is that if I take this guy seriously, I'm not going to be able to look at girls. Even if the Rebbe's talking about Hilgers Pesach. If if I listen to this person, the consequence of my taking this guy seriously and respecting him, if I respect this person and I take what he says seriously, it means that I can't I can't look at girls. And if I do, it means I'm bad. Mm-hmm. It makes no difference what the Rebbe's talking about. The nicest Rebbe, the nicest father, makes no difference. Mm-hmm. If I pay attention to this person, I take him seriously, the consequences of my taking him seriously the consequences of my taking him seriously is also. Meaning, again, this is also. What I need most of my life, if I take this seriously, is, is also. The need to experience that, and, to, uh, and at least to be able to look at girls and to admire young ladies, that need is a violent need in a typical violent, not strong, it's a violent, powerful urge and need in every healthy boy. That's how they feel, and it's of course also beherchlet. It's it's also to look at such a thing. I'm not even talking about lingoa the katsayu, to to even approach uh, the they don't know they don't know bavmitsia but they know there's such a thing called Nagia. but it's not even found. There's no section shulchan called Hilchas Nagia. but they know that there's such a thing called Nagia and uh, and and. The same way, like you remember, like uh, the uh, tevye and fiddle on the roof tradition. All they hear is one thing: nigia, nigia. That's all they hear. That's how they live, mamish. Every second of their lives. That's the tradition of the Jewish people. Nothing else. <coughs> we have shabbos. We have yontev. We have ainik shabbos, Yantav, We have, we have mitzvahs. We have Fabrangans, it's, it's beautiful. There's no, it's not. there's no other thing in Yiddishkeit. It's just nigia. There's nothing else in Yiddishkeit. He said, "But Yiddishkeit is so beautiful. We have a lot of wonderful things. Don't think about that for a second. Forget about that. That's not a, that's not important right now. Let's talk about davening and about learning and about all the beautiful things about Yiddishkeit. What does <coughs> the lulav have to do with that? Lulav has nothing to do in the gear. has That's all it is. It's all about. Again, if I if I bench lulav, if I bench lulav, and I and I hear to go and I to go hit Kishoifer, and I'm a person that goes to the Minyan. Did you ever see ever in the history of the Jewish people that Bachem are staying away from shul, staying away from Yonam, unless there are girls that are at the shul, they don't want to go to the shul. Very, very rare now, boys. We used to always daven with our fathers. We used to, uh, that's how we all grew up, diving with our fathers. Very, very rare now. In all sections of Klai Yisrael, it's very rare, unless somebody gives them a patch, they don't want to daven. It's very rare. <clears throat> because, of, again, if, if the same system that created... That created Shachris and Musaf. That same system that created Shachris and Musaf created Nagiyah. It's the same system. It's the same system. So if I take whoever the guy is that made this up, a God, whatever you call him, whoever made this up, and, and and made davening like into a serious thing and made mitzvahs and Shaif and lulav and all that stuff very serious, he's the one that's responsible for for my not being able to to. Uh, to hang out with with this girl that I'm interested in. He's the one that did this. It's the same religion. It's the same thing. And he's responsible for all of this. They know, they heard that uh, this thing that's changing on their bodies, again, very straightforward. I said that from the beginning. They know that there's such a thing as there's such a thing as wasting seed. They heard of that. They only heard that it's like the worst thing in the world. It's a terrible affair. They might have had some wise guy in the boat who even told them, you know, the Zara says you can never be forgiven for that. And and there's no such thing as for that. Again, they don't know anything else. They don't know they don't know if he's is is He's they don't know. But they know that there's an Inun of Hitsar there's an Inun of spilling seed, and and that's why the rabbi never told us what happened with the Air V and we never and, uh, and and we never discussed this, we never spoke about it, but they just know that it's something which is terrible and it destroys your life. And and the kids is that whatever this chukas achovish that they feel, and this need, which in modern Hebrew is called lizrom. Lizrom means <coughs> like a river, that it just follows its current. All they're told is you can't go with the current, you can't go with the flow. Not the flow when it comes to uh, the chitzonius, but the flow of who you are, because that's how they identify themselves. This need, this need to have a connection with a, with a girl and so on, they can't go with that zerem HaChayim, they can't be Zerim with that natural need that they have. So let's climb back into the head of the boy, now this is what the boy is saying inside of his brain. Why did the Torah do this to me? Why did the Torah do this to me? Why does the Torah Aser? Why does the Torah forbid me to enjoy my life? To have this pleasure which i see and i hear that the whole world indulges in this pleasure why is it that i have to pay such a price for being religious i want to be religious i want to be a yid i love my family i respect my rebellion i see there are beautiful things in the tarot i really do well kidding aside there's a lot of beautiful stuff i get it but Why is it that I have to pay such a price if I want to put on film and if I want to learn Torah Why do I have to pay the price if I take again if I take the film seriously if I take the Torah seriously It's at an unbelievable cost because I don't want to be hypocrite That's a big word. That's the biggest word they learn at that time and it's the most important word in their lives I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I'm stuck if I take the film seriously I can't take my needs seriously And I don't know that I can control that. Why do I have to pay this price for being religious? I'd like to be religious. I'm happy to be a Jew, but I can't pay this price. And I understand that a kid, because they're very black and white and they're very simple, makes no difference how smart he is. It's a package deal. It's all one big thing. It's called Yiddishkeit. And Yiddishkeit, if I'm going to be an honest person, which remember, they haven't really learned to lie so much yet. As you get older, you, you play along. They're very, they're very honest. They're mostly very ehrlich and honest. They don't like lying. They don't like being d- deceitful. They don't want to do that. So they want to be able to honestly observe mitzvahs. But at the same time, these are the same God that gave us these mitzvahs that I enjoy, that are, that are nice. The same God is the one who says that I can't breathe. He's telling me every second <laughs> of my life, no, usr, usr, and Yosef Lizapik to just hold back and and um, and then it gets more it gets more uh, intense. The kid's thinking inside of his head. It get becomes exaggerated. It, not only did, not only did I hear that these things are usr, everything that I want more than anything else is usr, I hear that these things are ugly, I hear these things are disgusting, and I'm hearing over and over this is Pas These are things that are not becoming for a Jew. It doesn't pass for Yid. These are things that are not, that's already a nicer way of putting it. It doesn't pass for Yid. These are things that are not becoming for a Jew. So what he wants more than anything in life is not becoming. It's pasnish. It's not nice. And he wants to be nice. He wants to be a, a nice person and he wants to be a nice Jew. The things that he wants more than anything, he's told, is disgusting. It's only mm-hmm. for Goyim, only Shkotsim, only low people do these things. So you understand that he begins to say inside of his head, it must, it must be, be low that low I'm talking a low disgusting, low person, because I want to do these things. It's not that he's being told, it's totally normal, and it's healthy, and it's okay, and we're going to work with you, which we're going to talk about a lot, time. we're going to work with you about how to deal with this. That's not what he's hearing. And even if there is a, an adult that's saying that, could be, but that's not what he's hearing. What he's hearing is, this is something that low, disgusting people indulge in. This is a Goyesh This is what other people are doing, not, not Yidin. And and the only thing that you need to do is to stay away from all of these things. These are bad things. Now, he feels that these are the most natural things in the world to him. He doesn't feel that way about Taisus. He doesn't feel that way about other things, davening. Davening has to push himself to daven. He has to force himself to daven. But he doesn't have to force himself to have all of these thoughts and all of these feelings. He doesn't have to force himself to feel that his body changes when he's in the room with a girl. He doesn't have to force himself. These are all natural things that are happening to him. So he begins to see himself as being a miyaskite, as being disgusting, as being somebody that's low, being somebody that's, that's bad, that's not good. That he, because he has to force himself to stay away from these things that are bad things. And only bad people do these bad things. He doesn't know that his father and his, and his rebbe all had to struggle with all of this and had to go through these periods. He doesn't understand. He doesn't make that equation that this is also my father's Indian, my rebbe's Indian. He figures his father's said tzaddik, his rebbe's a tzaddik, and they, they breeze through all of this and the men nothing to them. But uh, they don't have such taivists. They don't have such saharas. But the boy sees that he has these taivists and these saharas, and these yetzahars are being described to him as, as being dirty and ugly and gaishy and and he starts to see himself as being dirty and ugly and gauche this comes together and is the, and is the main cause of of a certain feeling of distance between the kid and his parents especially a boy and his father at the same time that he craves for his father's love but he sees his father as a symbol of of his suffocation he craves for his rabbi's love and the Rebbe's a good guy the father's a good guy why is, the ch- why is the boy being so negative so angry remember they usually take it out on mom but the one who they're angry with most is dad but dad is sometimes dangerous to be angry with but mom is what they call a soft target right yeah. so they usually they get brutal with their moms but they really what, they, what they're really looking to do is to get back at their fathers mm-hmm. But a uh, mother, you know, mother will, will be civil much more than a father. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the reason that they're getting so hissed about their fathers is not because they don't love them. They adore their fathers. And, they, and we make this mistake. They think that they hate us. It's not true. They, they, they crave the father's love. They adore the father. But the father, they, they, don't, they don't separate all these things in their minds and in their hearts. And the father is the one who's responsible for this feeling that I have that I'm bad, that I'm ugly, that I'm disgusting, that I'm a guy. This is this is this is a whatever the term is whatever this is this is the man who's the cause of my self loathing, the Rebbe the father, a sinner for the Baruch also for Hakadosh sinner. Of course they can't express that they would never say that, but there's a feeling of of, of, of hatred. Now, let's stop for a moment. and try to understand how all of this in I involved in 2016 is more complicated than it's ever been in the past. And there's a very simple reason for this. And it's funny how people don't seem to be talking about this, but it's very, very posh to me. I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. In our days, there's an unbelievable gap between biological maturity and emotional maturity. Let me explain. By the time is by the time the kid is twelve, between twelve and fourteen, eleven, twelve uh, those years, twelve and fourteen, mostly, Mitsad, the biology uh, the period that's the, of Yaldus of being a kid is finished. Gama between twelve and fourteen it's finished. by the time the kid is fifteen, sometimes they're later, fifteen, sixteen, the child has already developed sexually completely with all of the as far as the biology of that sexuality and all of the and all of the energy of those hormones by the time the kids 15 16 he's cooked he's already finished as far as that's concerned he feels that he's he he feels inside of him biologically that he's that he that he's ready to move on with his life now remember in earlier generations the average kid by the time he was 15 16 was working was working many marriages were made when they were 16 17 years all they were getting married by the time they were 1516 they already were financially uh, financially they were already on their way and and um, and they had some chofesh they already had some chofesh they were at work someplace, they were away from home they were away from home not away from home in yeshiva, they were away from home meaning during the day, they were were working Uh, many of them got married already at this age, very very young and, uh, and there was a certain feeling of 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 Chofesh, of, chofesh, of being my own person, of being, of being m- uh, my own person, uh, and taking Achrayis for my life. If I'm going to eat, it's because I'm taking Achrayis for my life. My parents are not paying. They don't have the money to pay for any of these things anymore. I'm, I have to work. I have to, I have to, not only do I have to have a Achrayis myself, but many of these boys already had to have Achrayis yeah. for their parents and to help their parents out because their parents were poor people, and they couldn't afford So a a typical 15, 16-year-old boy, not so long ago, a typical 15, 16-year-old boy felt an achrayis, anigever, he's already moving, he's becoming an adult, he felt with that a certain amount of chofesh that he's earning, and that he is a person that um, (coughs) seems to be in charge of his own fate and his own destiny and makes his own decisions. That was a 15, 16-year-old kid. 50, 60, 70 years ago, that's what, that's what it was. In all of history, and in, and in certain parts of the world, it's still like that. That's how it always was. So, Mimela, we understand that in the old days, again, old and not ancient, a couple of years ago, the physical maturation and the emotional maturation, Bo keachad you understand? They came together. That's how the Bo'er made a human being. So the biology and the psychology, the emotions and the goof were changing. It's always traumatic, but they were changing simultaneously. And they were growing up in such a way. Fifteen, sixteen, he's already a balakrayas. He has to take care of his life. He has to make decisions. Very often the parents were dependent on were dependent on the on the kid. I even remember it was already not like that, but I remember as a kid that in the early years, when I was coming back from school that my parents, still m- my father in particular, that his English was still not, uh, w- was really not yet. We're, we're, it's much better now, but uh, then it wasn't. And many of the papers and forms, as a as a, an 11 year old kid, I was helping my father to go through some of the papers and some of the forms that he still didn't understand certain things in English that he hadn't, let, he hadn't uh, learned yet. And it was part of uh, a certain ch'rayis that you felt towards your parents even that, which is not like it used to be, but there was something, an achrayis, a feeling of achrayis, which makes a boy feel important. And he's growing up physically while he's changing. He's emotionally becoming a young man. Forget about that now. I don't know we could talk about this for a couple of years, the change that has taken place. First of all, that's not only with us. That's in general in the world, in in the, in the Western world, being in school for many, many years. Being in school for many years. Kids fifteen, sixteen years old, as far as as far as uh, independence is concerned, chaufish is concerned, <clears throat> there's no feeling of ais. This is promoted by well meaning parents who are keeping their kids emotionally underage as they go on, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, total babies, infants. They now what we have here is an unbelievable disparity the disparity of course is that biologically bi- biologically he's, he he's ready he's a young man he's he's uh, an adult biologically all the calum and, uh, and and biologically physiologically he's already he's already an adult and intellectually he knows a lot more than our great grandparents unless they were was a big person uh, they're they're informed. They they are learning about the world. They hear about the <coughs> world, uh, especially now with the technology. They they know a lot. They know a lot. So they're developing intellectually, and biologically, they're developing. Not only are they developing biologically, of course, that's, that's the tough of whatever it could always <coughs> was. But biologically, they're fully by by fifteen sixteen biologically they're there. Intellectually and what they know about what's out there is much 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 more than ever used to be you can't compare it to whatever used to be where everything was very posh and they knew very little and and at the same time at the same time as far so so one second so Mimela as far as the Yitzhah Sahara is concerned the Yitzhah Sahara is already mamish an esh lohava it's a fire compounded by what they know is out there which they didn't know they were very Tremes dick in the old days they didn't know but but now they know they know it makes no difference, you know, when it comes to knowing. It makes no difference anymore whether, the, forget about there's no such thing anymore as Goulem, Sharm, uh, Monroe, Williamsburg, five towns, Queens, but it's all one big happy world. One big suicidal world. That's what we're living in. So there's no, there's no Dharma anymore. There's no difference, this neighbor, that neighbor, this one. The kids know, they know about stuff. And physically, they're there. But what's happening is, with all of that, Everything is being taken care of by mommy and daddy. And then they get older, the korel, and then the And if it's even if it's secular, they'll have the secular education in college and graduate school and so on. All these bills are being paid. They're not, they're not really, uh, they're not emotionally, as far as emotionally concerned, they're not at all independent. They're not at all in a place of taking a chreis, even for picking up a piece of paper in the house, because the shiksa will do it, for picking up a piece of paper in the house as so I spoke about last week of the Trumas Adash and last Shabbos, to, to do something, to take responsibility. No, it's all about I want, give me, give me, give me. Together with a, together with a, a 17-year-old uh, body, hormones, all, this, all of the sexuality of a 17-year-old, which is souped-up sexuality, very powerful, all-new, curiosity, with knowing everything that's going on in the world and hearing all kinds of strange and disgusting things that are going on in the world. But emotionally... They're totally behind. Totally behind. The shidduch crisis, what they call this crisis, is nothing compared to the crisis of these boys becoming men when they're married to women who are ten years ahead of them emotionally. Ten is, is not an exaggeration. The women are for the most part way ahead emotionally. Way ahead emotionally. I'm not going to tell you right now why is it the women are different, but they're way ahead so we're, li- we're living at a time where women are marrying boys. Little, little league. They're marrying little leaguers. <laughs> the women are marrying boys. Now, the boys think that they're, that they're gavarabas, you understand? The boys look at themselves as their mamish. They look at themselves as their mamish already grown up, because they feel <laughs> grown up. They feel grown up. And, and they have a grown up yet Sahara. And, and they're... Um, and this, as far as the seichel is concerned, they're smart. They know stuff. Guy's got good grades, and he has a lot of information. He looks at his parents that they're bottle. They don't really know anything. He knows much more than his parents. So the boy, now you get an eighteen-year-old boy, of of these days, bechelal. He's not independent. He's completely on his parents' payroll. Everything is the credit card. Everything is mommy and daddy. Emotionally, his growth has been stunted by the yeshiva, by his parents, by the, by this, by the whole atmosphere of, of the time they were living in. But physically, his hormones are raging, absolutely raging. Intellectually, he's an adult. Biologically, he's an adult. Emotionally, he's a baby. He's a kid. That depends on his parents. And even as he gets older, and even when he gets married, somebody else is paying him for something, he's starting to feel guilty, if he's a serious Talmud Chachem, if, if he's a serious Tamil Chachem, so he feels he's making his contribution. But what if he's being paid by somebody to learn, and he's not particularly serious or interested in that? So we can understand what's going on with the marriages, thousands of marriages in Israel, less here, Thousands of broken homes in Eretz miserable wives, not to know what to do with their babies, who are walking around, not really interested in learning, but still being paid by somebody to do something they don't really want to do, not feeling independent, not feeling uh, mature, not feeling as an adult, never really taking a chayes for their lives. The wives are taking care of them; they're not taking care of their wives. All of this is compounded by <clears throat> by one one inion with the other union which makes altogether such a such a, a volatile mix in a person of a man, a young man, not taking a chryis for his <laughs> life, not being responsible, not taking care of a wife and children, which, again, when it works with the Talmud Khachim and so on, I'm not chalil, chas talking against guys learning. But what I'm saying is that in the wrong situation, where it's not supposed to be and it's not working, you're dealing with a person who's completely deflated, whose, <laughs> whose mind becomes increasingly occupied with disgusting thoughts, <laughs> Who cannot be satisfied in the tiny world that he ended up in? He still feels that he's 26 years old and he's not. He and he and, and the, he has no chofesh. He's not free. He's stuck in something. So in our little world, this is becoming more complicated. We're dealing with, very simply put, the nefesh, the 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 the, the of a child in in an adult body, and we're seeing more and more of this, and we're having problems communicating with these with these babies in adult bodies, the nefesh, a nefesh shel yeled, beguf shel mevugar. That's what we're in right now. Nefesh shel yeled, beguf shel mivugar. There was never such a thing. It was always a guf shel mevugar, and a (coughs) guf, a nefesh shel mevugar. It was a guf of a child, and a nefesh of a child. That's good. Now, it's a nefesh, uh, uh, the emotions, the nefesh of a child in the goof of a muvugar in the goof in the body of an adult one thing that this kid knows, this 17, 18 year old knows one thing that he knows is that he has an intense need to have a connection with a young lady that's what he knows more than anything in the world and that cannot be not mitzah the mitzvah of his life he's going to come home, this so 16 year old is going to come home uh, from yeshiva one day and his father's asking him, so uh, how's it going? How kindness? you're learning how kindness? how's it going? And he's going to say, listen, Dad, I really have to talk to you. I- I'd like to get married. <laughs> so, uh, so he really knows that he can't get married. But what he's saying is, I really just feel that I need to have a, a physical relationship with a girl. That's really an, an emotional, physical relationship. He does not have to sort those out. Physical, emotional. If he wants to be with a girl, that's what he knows more than anything. It's the most powerful feeling in his life. And um, he can't do that, not Mitzatim Mitzias. And he knows himself. If he's a bright fellow, he knows he, he's, not a, he's emotionally not ready for this. Like, I have, when I have Bachram coming to tell me, uh, like when they're 20, 21, they have this funny look on their face. You know, they come to talk and say, What do you want to talk about? So they start looking like funny. So I, I say, You uh, have a girlfriend? Uh, I'd like to. Not a girlfriend, no. I want to get married. Like I 20 year old boy, I want to get married. What do you, what do you plan on doing? With my wife? No, 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 I'm not talking about that. What do you plan on doing to take care of your wife? What would you, what, what's your idea of taking care of your wife? He knows what he wants to do with his wife. Well, what do you want to do to take care of this person? <laughs> How would you like to take care of this person? So these are conversations that you're having with, with again, with, this, with, the, with, the, with the boys in, 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 in men's bodies. and And they know that they can't. They know that they're emotionally. There, there's a feeling of embarrassment. And, the, and most of the boys will say, right away, they'll say, I, 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 I'm probably not ready for that. I'm probably not ready. So most, when it comes to other things in life, like if I would say to you, I don't think I'm ready to play in the NBA, it means that I don't try out, right? <laughs> Marriage is much more serious than the NBA, but guys are trying out all the time. <laughs> That's what's happening. Most of the marriages nowadays, they're like, tryouts. <laughs> tryouts. It's like... I would never try out for the NBA because I know they'd they laugh me off the court. I, I, I when I was a when I was a kid, I was a good ball player, but I, I understood that It's one thing to play in the yeshiva, It's another thing to go and play in the NBA. I'm not gonna I I'm not trying out for the NBA. You understand? But now you can get a, You can get a twenty-year-old a boy and he's and he, and he says, uh, I'm thinking. You know, have they all, it would always begin with a you know? Have a, a couple of my friends are engaged. No, so uh, I think maybe I'm in the parishioner. I think maybe I'm in the parishioner. So, you want to try out? <laughs> tryouts this week? And, you know, marriage is a tr- trying out. This is, this is a serious thing. <clears throat> have you ever cleaned your room? <laughs> I mean, before we go to tryouts, let's just talk a little bit about training, you know, like a little bit. You're barely trained. Have you ever, have you ever thought about taking care? <clears throat> do, you, you make a couple of dollars, what do you do with your money? You spend it on somebody else, you spend it on yourself. What do, you do Again, These are these are serious, serious issues. And, of course, the conversation, you know, I could joke about these things, and I don't say these things, uh, we're try to, you try, have to try to work with a person. As parents, and as a Rebbe, you have to try to work with a person. But the mitzvah is that, that this is what's happening, and Mitzad, so Mitzad, the reality of his life—he's a <laughs> 17-year-old kid. He's dependent on his parents. He never took a or anything. He never even heard of car insurance. He thinks that you can just bang it up and someone will take care of it. He doesn't know, and and uh, and yet he's—he he needs the, he has this need to to be with a girl. He has to get together with a girl, and it's it's so he knows that mitzad mitzias he really can't do that now, and he knows mitzad uh, even himself emotionally, an intelligent boy gets it that he's not ready for that. And together with all that we were talking about the beginning of this whole schmooz, also, also disgusting, low, filthy, goish, full of all of that stuff. So it, is there any wonder that he that he can't listen to his Rabbi? Is there any wonder that he that he has problems with his with his parents? And is there any wonder that he's Mamish Mamish overcome with an unbelievable, an unbelievable feeling of loneliness? And, that, and more than anything is that I can't explain this to my father. I can never talk to my rabbi about this. They'll think that I'm terrible. They'll think that I'm terrible. I can't even raise the subject of a girl, let alone I'm not allowed to look at a girl. I can't raise the subject of a girl. I can't talk to my parents about this Indian. I can't mention or breathe a word of this to my rabbi. And on top of everything, they're angry because the Bani Shalom has done who, who has wrought this the Rebbein Shalom is the one who brought this into their lives HaKadosh Baruch is the one who is responsible ultimately for all of this stuff because even though you tell them this, goes, this is just a natural thing in the whole world but they know that they see it in the world that 17 year olds have girlfriends and they don't so they feel that the Rebbein Shalom has got his hand around their necks he's just got his hand around their necks he's choking them and he's the one, he's the big one that's behind all of this the Rebbe and the father, they're shluchim. But the ikker is the Baruch Shalom's God his hand, mamish around the throat, and it's choking them. And they can't talk to anybody about it. And at the same time, they've been told a billion times that God loves you and God is good. Well, they haven't heard so much that God loves you in many places, but they, they, they read that. Hashem is goyim lach toivim. Bechalka chayim chesed. Chesed. What kind of chesed? So you say, he gives you your life. I don't want to live. He gives you your health. What do I, what do, I do with my health? It's, it's not like we think that we're happy to be alive. He's not letting me do anything. He's killing me. The Rav is killing me. At the same time, he's being told, he loves you, he's kind, he gives you life, he gives you everything. He gives me everything. He says, here, you, here I'm, giving you a, I'm giving you a healthy body, and I'm giving you healthy hormones, and you can't use them. Well, they tell you, they always tell you, when you be older, then you could use them. And the kid's die, And he feels a terrible, terrible old, and a terrible sense of loneliness and desperation. This is the massive Uh, Of again, it's a a typology it's not every kid but there's much much more than you and I ever imagined that they're thinking even when the kid looks like he's the regular happy-go-lucky kid there's stuff going on and they're not able to figure it out our job is to help them figure it out and we'll continue with Shem next time I know you have a lot of comments and questions (laughs) it's like I'm just throwing out grenades and running away (laughs) (laughs) The pages. If you can't hold on to the paper for next week, so please read yeah, it out